Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 101, the state of the Tightwad Address, recorded May 28th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. Uh, it's Memorial Day here in the United States. It's a national holiday, and uh, as a result, we're slacking off. So just so you know, um, we thought we'd take this day to uh, uh, just sort of reflect back on some things that are going on uh, in my life and in Sean's life and how it may or may not affect the network, uh, and, and we'll just go from there. So if you're one of those guys out there who's always giving me feedback about, uh, you know, let me know when you're going to get past the fluff and straight to the good stuff, there's no good stuff in this one. We, we don't have a guest. We don't have a topic necessarily. We're not going to talk a lot of tech. So feel free to just delete this one and move on to the next show in your, in your uh, uh, podcatcher. But otherwise, if you're interested in just uh, the uh, the personal side of Element OP Productions, this is the show for you because uh, Sean and I just are going to talk about some uh, some of our own stuff going on. So, hey, Sean, how's it going? Hey, uh, doing great, doing great. Yeah, this is a this is a time where we have both of us have kind of a lot of potentially exciting stuff going on. So. Uh yeah, it, it almost sounds ominous the way you describe it, but uh, it's not so much that way. Yeah, it's not like I'm got cancer and only six months to live or anything like that. But uh, right, right. Uh, you know, it's and it, you can't even say it has anything to do with, do with episode 100. This is totally a slack off holiday uh, thing. So don't read anything more to it than that. That's literally all it is. Right. Sean right. called me about an hour before we were going to go on and said, "I'm still at the park with my daughter." You know, what are we going to do tonight? And I, yeah, and you're like, I got people over yeah, for barbecue. <laughs> I, I had a room full of, of, I had 11 or so people in my living room and we were chatting at the same time. It's like, I don't know. I thought you were going to do the notes. I, I thought you were going to do the notes. So uh, <laughs> it's nothing more than that. Right, right. So speaking of, uh, I'm assuming you barbecued or, or, was it the smoker or what, of, what did of you course do, it's all about the smoker uh anytime uh anytime i have a long weekend or even a random tuesday <laughs> i like to look for reasons to get out the old smoker uh but the classic uh sort of grilling holidays uh memorial day labor day and uh independence day uh those are definitely the ones that you can guarantee i'm going to be uh at the work and, and you know i was joking the other day my wife doesn't even ask anymore she came home the other day with like 25 pounds of meat and said, I invited three families over on Monday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what dad's supposed to do, right? I mean, that's kind of a given. Right. It's not like I don't like it at all. You know, I, I was, I had a good time with it. So we, uh, I smoked, uh, a brisket for about 23 hours or so, uh, Sunday night into today, and then got up early this morning and put three racks of, uh, or two racks rather, of, of St. Louis style spare ribs on the smoker. And while I was at it, just so that the party would have some snacking food before things got started, I put some almonds in the smoker and we served smoke almonds too. Oh, nice. Nice. So my, I have to try those sometime because I, I bought a, a package of those uh, a few days ago. And granted, this is prepackaged, you know, stuff you get at a, a, a gas station. <laughs> but they were smoked almonds and I wasn't impressed. I have a feeling that yours would be a lot better. Well, you know, even those aren't bad. You know, I, I think it's Blue Diamond is the, the brand that my wife likes. Uh, and they're okay. But yeah, when you do them yourself and you can control your own spices and, and use your own woods, uh, and it's way cheaper because the, 
like a, a pound of smoked almonds is roughly $4 million uh, if you buy it in the store. Uh, or you can buy a pound of raw raw almonds at our store uh, here for like a buck and a half or something. Um, and, you know, I already had the smoker going for, uh, all told, it went for about 30 hours. So, wow. you know, no big deal to just go ahead and throw some almonds in there while I'm at it. Yeah, sure. Sure. So I. Uh, so how do you do that? Do you just like put them out on like a, a cookie tray or something? Well, I have. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them. They're uh, made for like making bake, bake, bacon over a campfire. It's a little pan with like holes drilled in it. So okay. there's uh, just a, a grid of holes, uh, and it's perfect for. I mean, you could do a cookie sheet or or like those those uh, uh, cooling racks that your your wife might use to cool muffins or biscuits on work really well right. too. Anything that's small enough to let the smoke get through. If you just put it on a cookie sheet, the smoke is not going to get to it. Uh, so okay. what I do is I melt about uh, uh, a quarter stick of butter uh, to a pound of almonds, and then I just mix up seasonings I like. I like a little chipotle uh, chili and some garlic powder, and I use a little of my barbecue rub on it, and just mix it up, pour the butter on it, toss it in there till it's well-coated, and throw it in the smoker for about six hours. Uh, and I found that almonds uh, like milder woods, like uh, apple or cherry or oak, uh, mesquite and hickory, tend to overpower it that's what i use today because i was doing beef anytime i do beef i do mesquite and hickory uh so they're you know they kind of they taste a little more smoky than almondy this time but that's just because of the wood i was using uh but anyway okay <laughs> well that's awesome man you got my my mouth watering so <laughs> i had uh uh, this was yesterday, but uh, we had a, a birthday party for my grandmother, and uh, so there was far-flung family kind of all came together at my grandmother's house, and we had uh, nasty barbecue. I mean, you know, the, they fired up this little gas grill thing and, and burnt some uh, hot dogs and burgers. You and know, that's not barbecue. That's grilling. <laughs> That's not right. barbecue, and, and, I, and it was it was barely that. <laughs> so it was wholly unsatisfying, you know. With guys like us that you know, we know how to work a smoker. Um, it's it's almost disappointing when you go to somebody else's house and they they do they try, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, a friend of mine uh, yeah. was was uh, posted a picture on Facebook of some. Uh, 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 his smoking rig, and he was smoking some briskets, and he, he took a picture of the thermostat, and it was reading 350. That's not smoking. That's baking. Uh, that Why would you ever get your smoker up to 350 degrees? That's, that's, you could use your oven for that. Um, right. I right. never go uh, higher than 250, and usually I try to keep it between 200 and 225. Yeah, and that's that's I think the sweet spot. That's where I try to keep mine too. You know, just a hair over two hundred and uh, not over two twenty five, and just as long as it takes. Right, and you, and the, that's the whole idea. You break down the connective tissue. You let the fat seep through. It renders down into the to the meat, and and that's the beauty of it. I mean, if you want to just throw a, a brisket or some ribs, you know, and and I, it kills me when people talk about boiling their ribs ahead of time. It does make for really <laughs> tender ribs, but that's cheating. Right. Anyway, I agree. So I, I did want to pay, pay uh, uh, a little bit of attention to the fact of what Memorial Day really is. I, I'm a, I'm a frivolous about a lot of things, but I'm as ardent a patriot as you're likely to find. Uh, and days like today uh, are important to me. Uh, and and so many times people confuse 
uh, Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And and in yeah. fact, in, in my church yesterday, it was everybody who's active in the military, stand up and we'll recognize you. And and that's fine, but that's not what, what Memorial Day is. Memorial Day is set right. aside to remember those who died, specifically, right. and to uh, to give thanks to the those left behind. Uh, who, who, you know, the, the husbands and the wives and the daughters and the sons of those who died. That's what Memorial's Day is for. We've got Veterans Day coming up in November, and that's the day when, Sean, I'll salute you for having served in the military. Today's not your day. Veterans Day is your day. Right. Yeah, I agree. And uh, even as a veteran, that, that kills me sometimes because um, being a veteran, it's even that much more special to you you know, to commemorate the guys that, you know, served alongside of you who lost their life. Exactly. You know, the guys who, who you know, at the same time you were serving, uh, they've made the ultimate sacrifice. And so, you know, being a veteran, you're very aware of what what that's all about. And so sometimes when you see uh, just society in general sort of miss the point, uh, sometimes it, it's it's tough to take because you're you're right like today is not my day i don't i don't want to hear anything about you know thanks for my service or anything that's not what today is about um so uh yeah maybe we can drive that home to uh, our listenership that uh it's all about the ones who gave their life so and um I said yesterday when we we're recording this on Monday, it won't come out till Thursday. So all, uh, Memorial Day will be long gone by the time this comes out. But I said yesterday, Sunday, uh, when we were recording the art of podcasting that, uh, you know, while this is an American holiday, you know, that we're an international show and I know that there are people in other countries and, and I want to honor your dead too. Even if your dead tried to kill my dead. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It, uh, it was somebody who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the thing that they held dear. And that deserves respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what else can you say? I mean, you're basically, you're fighting for your country, your beliefs, you know, your culture, whatever. Um, and you pay the ultimate sacrifice. And that's not just an American thing. That, that happens uh, throughout the world. And so on this day, uh, one of the, the greatest um, pieces of literature ever written in my opinion uh was delivered by abraham lincoln uh at gettysburg um virginia it is virginia right uh the gettysburg address the you know that's world renowned four score and seven years ago i uh, thought that was pennsylvania i don't remember gosh <laughs> it's, a sh it's a shame for me not to know that uh i'm sure i could wikipedia it really quickly Let's yeah, see. that's what I'm looking for. I'm like, okay, where is Gettysburg? <laughs> it's the National yeah, Cemetery. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Thank you. Okay. November 19th, 1863. There we go. Uh, but I just wanted to read his words. They're 150 years old, more than, but I think they epitomize Memorial Day. And I posted this uh, today on my uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and Google+. Plus and, uh, and I just wanted to read it on the show. It's a short speech. Uh, and of course, a lot of it doesn't apply to today, um, but the sentiment is there, and I think it epitomizes Memorial Day. So here is my rendition of Abraham Lincoln's famous speech. Fourscore and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. 
Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those here who gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to dedicate, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they fought here and have thus so far nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we are highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall give a, have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people by the people and for the people, shall not perish from this earth. And it's all about those who gave the last full measure of devotion and, and those who live their lives every day ensuring that that last full measure was not given in vain. That's what Memorial Day is about. Thank you, President Lincoln, uh, 150 years ago for summing up this holiday so succinctly. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's interesting because one, <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting in there that it says uh, something to the effect The of world the, will little note nor remember that line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With the things that we've said here. <laughs> and yet it's the probably the most famous speech in American history. Uh, so that's that's kind of interesting. But, you know, there's, there's also a sort of side story to that because the speakers before him, there was like one speaker that spoke for like four hours. Right. The warm-up guys. Before... Yeah, before Lincoln came on. So, you know, I'm sure nobody remembers what that guy said. Uh, but, uh, it, yeah, I mean, that's one of the beauties of that speech is just how short it is. I mean, it's so short and yet so perfect, you know. And unlike so, so uh, many po politicians, yeah. he remembered the actual reason he was there. He didn't, th he didn't make it about himself. He didn't make it about being reelected. He remembered why right. he was there to consecrate the, the graves of those who gave everything. Yeah. So enough awesome. of that. Uh, happy Memorial. And it almost seems weird to say Happy Memorial Day, Solemn Memorial Day. Uh, but <laughs> right. on, on the other hand, you know, the, the, the best way to celebrate that and memorialize that is to go about enjoying the freedoms that those sacrifices gave you. I mean, the fact that I had, you know, a dozen people in my living room enjoying barbecue could not happen had not almost an entire generation uh, in, in the 1940s gave their last full measure. So in, in a way, by living your life and going about and doing those simple things, the grilling and the barbecuing and the, the car blowout weekend sales, that is honoring the, the sacrifice. Right, right. Yeah, and I'll say, um, and it, it's kind of funny because 
uh, you really learn when you serve in the military and especially if you serve overseas at all, uh, you really, that's the time that you really uh, get a, I don't know, you, you just totally understand how important these types of days are because I can tell you when you're overseas and you know that your family and friends and everybody is getting together and barbecuing and, and doing all that stuff, um, those are the times that you, you miss home the most. Um, but at the same time, you have an appreciation for the fact that that's, that's what you're there for. You're there so that everybody can do the, those things. Uh, so it's a, it's a very interesting time when you're overseas and, uh, you know, Memorial Day or the 4th of July is going on. And okay, okay. I warned you that there wasn't going to be a lot of tech in this show. <laughs> so we just spent uh, 15 minutes talking about Memorial Day. But, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with that. Right, right. Well, um, on to uh, much less solemn things. Uh, Mark, I bought a new toy yesterday. All right. And this is totally tightwater proved. I don't know. It's the first time I saw this thing. And if we had, you know, it's unfortunate we're not doing the live stream today. So I'm just going to have to describe this thing. But it looks like a tennis racket. And it's got wire mesh all across it. And it's a bug zapper. A handheld so bug zapper? Right. Yeah. You put it, it runs off of two AA batteries. So I'm thinking this is tight water approved. I bought it for five bucks. There's nothing dangerous uh, about that at all. No. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> and, <laughs> and literally, you just, you know, if a fly's coming around or whatever, you push the button and it, it's on. It's, it's, uh, it's got a push button. And like, as long as you're holding the button down, it's live. And as soon as you let off, it's not. So um, that's somewhat of a safety. Uh, thing I guess, and uh, but it, this thing's fun, man. Let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, I brought it over. So you know, we were talking about. Uh, I was at my grandmother's yesterday for uh, well, for to celebrate her birthday, and you know, uh, of course, the Memorial Day weekend and all that. And uh, I brought it over there, and we were all having fun with it and whatever. And my cousin, one of my cousins, was there with his two little boys. And his uh, five-year-old little boy uh, grabbed this thing and at first was swatting at flies with it, but then uh, got the idea to, to touch it with his hand. And I guess it's got like an outer mesh of wire and then kind of an inner mesh of wire. And he was touching the outer mesh of that wire and it was popping, but it wasn't, it was apparently, it was not zapping him. And then he got the idea of actually poking his finger in there. Ouch. Which got past the first <laughs> layer of mesh. <laughs> and yeah, he gave himself a pretty good little shock. It, it didn't make him cry, though, but it sure did uh, shock him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I got it at Walmart for five bucks, and it's just, it's the coolest little thing. So What, what redneck white trash gene in your being possessed you to give that to a five-year-old in the first place? <laughs> I didn't give it to him. His dad did. <laughs> but, uh, but we did have a healthy laugh after the fact. So. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, too, because that's, that's totally how, uh, you know, like the difference between men and women, right? Like if a little kid falls down or stubs his toe or does anything, right? Like the women just like, oh, baby, come here, you know, and they're, they're, uh, you know, so anxious to uh, soothe their pain. And the dads, you know, sit around and, and have a good laugh. Right. You know? <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. You'll be all right. 
you know. So as long as they come away, they've got all their appendages, you know, they're still uh, walking around and stuff. Uh, yeah, dads, dads would love to laugh about those things. Walk it off. You're okay. Right, right. Which so. reminds me, and since this is a totally off-topic show, it reminds me of an op-ed I wrote once about mommy politicians and daddy politicians. And it's the, you know, Winston Churchill uh, was a daddy politician. Rub some dirt on it and go on with your life. Walk it off, suck it up, move on, life sucks. Um, and, you know, in some ways, even Margaret Thatcher was a, uh, a, a daddy politician. But today, everybody's a mommy politician. You know, oh, let me hold you and let you know how you feel. And, and I will, you know, I will soothe your pain and I will, I'll make everything all right. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, you can make your own assessments one way or the other. But I, I tend to think that we need more daddy politicians in the world and fewer mommy politicians. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, th- th- you know, it's funny though, Mark. That almost sums up the difference between like the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. <laughs> almost, there's still too many mommies in the Republican Party. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's almost like uh, that's the way the wind is blowing, right? You know, and of course, the politicians are going to go whichever way the wind's blowing. So, Sean, tell me how the bacon madness bracket ended up. All right, so we have a winner. I don't think that it's going to be a surprise to anybody. Um, and this, uh, our Bacon Madness final winner came from Aaron Butler. Uh, so thanks, Aaron, for nominating that. And it was thick sliced bacon. So bacon in its purest form, I guess we could say. So was it like a, a 75 to 25 trouncing? Uh, no, it was like a 80-20. Yeah. So yeah, pretty close there um bacon pizza you know bacon pizza fared fairly well uh, better than i thought it would quite honestly i thought it was just gonna absolutely get murdered um well i, I tell you i voted for bacon pizza because given the choice between the two i'm gonna take the pizza because it's got the bacon but it's also got the right. cheese and and the other goodness so yeah when i i guess it just depends on you know how you looked at this thing right so if you look at it like uh what would i like to sit down and eat kind of as a meal then uh if you're thinking in the, in those terms then bacon pizza i think would be the clear choice if you're just thinking from a purist standpoint then uh you know you're thinking what's the best just pure form of bacon you know you're really just thinking about the bacon itself and not a, a, you know as an overall meal and uh if that's the case i guess you have to go with thick sliced bacon and i think that's probably the way that most people were looking at this yeah i agree with that i'm okay with that yeah, I am too. Either way, I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun, um, and uh, I, you know, again, I don't think this was a surprise. I, if I had to say there was going to be a favorite all along, I probably would have picked thick sliced bacon. Well, you would bacon. think. I mean, it's the badness. It's the bacon madness bracket. You'd expect bacon to win, right? Right. So, uh, Mark, you had a great idea for another bracket, and I'll give it a, a little while before I actually maybe dig into this one, but do you want to throw that one out there? Do you remember what, what, what d- we talked about? I don't remember, no. Okay, so I'll, I'll get out there and put it out there. Uh, and give us some feedback if you think this would be worthwhile or not. Uh, Mark uh, threw this idea out to me, and it was to have a bracket of all element OP hosts oh yeah i remember that yes right so who's your favorite element op uh host co-host uh from all of our shows across all of our shows so uh yeah that could be interesting 
Yeah, because to uh, be sure, I, the the ensuing discussion there was Sean said he wanted to make it you know one vote only, and I said no, I wanted to be able to vote hundreds. <laughs> of, I want to be able to set up scripts on all of the machines on my network to vote for me thousands of times. Right. <laughs> yeah, but see, I think that kills some of our hosts that are maybe not technically. I don't inclined. care. I want to win. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I, I, I might have to uh, put the one vote rule into effect. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, let us know if you think that would be an interesting and kind of fun one to do. I think it would. Uh, I would chain together all the graphics processors in my computers and set up a high-res <laughs> high data farm that does nothing but vote for me. Right. <laughs> That's and the, probably how it would work out, too, right? The really, the, the geekiest of our hosts yeah. would you know, win in a landslide. In the final contest between Sean Kaibo and Mark Cockrell, in a vote of 874 billion to 63, Mark wins. Right. Oh, no, I'd be out there trying to get my own botnet going. <laughs> You'd be like contacting Russian virus writers. Dude, I need you to write me right. a botnet virus that does this. <laughs> right. And then you'll then I'd be on the periodic table, right? Because it'd be like Texas man arrested for running botnet. <laughs> I'm like, man, I was just voting for myself. So yeah. Uh yeah. So anyway, I'll throw that out there. Uh give us some feedback if you listen to this and you think that'd be a good idea. Uh let us know. Uh I you know, I don't want to do it if it's just gonna be a waste of time, but uh you know, oh I like think the bacon madness bracket wasn't a waste of time. What's that? Like the bacon madness bracket wasn't a waste of time? I think we addressed some critical, <laughs> uh, <laughs> critically important things here. And, uh, you know, it's the first one I've seen. So, I mean, here you go. Here you have it. I mean, we have determined the best form of bacon. We are the bacon network. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm still waking, waiting for J&Ds to contact us back and, you know, hook up some uh, cross-promotional stuff because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be the Bacon Network, then surely we have to be the network of J&Ds. Yeah. BNN, uh, the Bacon News Network. Right. <laughs> can you hear the cricket that just started up right outside I, I my did. door? I did. I can actually yeah. hear that, yes. It's cricket mating season, I guess, and he's looking uh, for a lover. Yeah, and where you live... It's one of those places. It's like an infestation. It's yeah, like yeah. The, another plague. Yeah, the, the pavement appears to be moving when they're out there. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, shall we uh, jump into uh, if you want to call it the meat of the show? I guess so. Uh, I, I just want to start out by saying, um, you know, this is old news now uh, for anybody who uh, uh, follows my social network stuff. But uh, last week. I tendered my resignation for uh, from the school at which I have worked for the last 15 years. In fact, uh, the end of this week will wrap up 15 years uh, with that school. It's the only job I, the only real job I've ever had. Uh, you know, I was a year out of college, um, and they took a chance on a on a wild-eyed kid, and I've been there ever since. I have loved it. I. Uh, it's with a heavy heart that I leave, but it's time for me to move on. And and I think that's sort of the topic we were, we we're going to talk about that. What? How do you know it's time to move on? And what does it mean when it's time to move on? Uh, right. And and so I've accepted a new position. And you know, in the same way that I uh, went out of my way not to mention my last employer, I'm going to go out of my way not to mention my future employer, just because they, I don't speak for them. And you know, if you Google me, it's not hard to find it. 
but I don't I don't want to ever say it on the show. But I'm moving from uh, a school district of about 600 kids to a school district of about 60,000 kids. So it's a very yeah, that's uh, probably one of the largest in the state, right? Uh, it's up there. Yeah, it's a it's a very um, very big district. Uh, the the way Texas uh, does things is A ratings. We've talked about this before. One A, two A, three A. The highest you can get is five A. Uh, and this school, uh, this district has, I believe, five five A high schools. Um, right, seventy one campuses total. Uh, and and my new job will be uh, a management position. I'm not going to be a tech anymore. Um, I'm going to uh, be managing other techs. The way they have this work, they have they break there because there's so many techs, so many regions. Uh, they have it broken up into uh, three zones: east, uh, west, and north. I think it is, or east, west, and central. I, I can't remember actually. Uh, and I will be in charge of one of those zones. Uh, I will have about 20 techs under me that uh, are basically Sean's. I'll have 20 Sean's running around uh, doing uh, their work at their various schools. And my job will be to oversee them, to liaise between them and the, the uh, higher ups and to coordinate their work and not actually going to be, you know, out there uh, on the ground kicking servers anymore. Yeah, that's going to be an inter- interesting kind of change for you. I'm, I'm so curious to just kind of hear back from you after, you know, first few days, first week, you know, just kind of how things are going, how you're adjusting, because it's going to be a, quite a bit of culture shock for you, right? I'm sure it will be. And, it, you know, the probably the biggest is I'm going to be going from the guy in charge to a cog in the wheel. Right. I, I, I'm just thinking, well... See, I've made that transition too, right? I mean, somewhat. I mean, not at the same level, but certainly I was there working with you. I had quite a bit of input into the decision-making process, and uh, I think that speaks to the quality of your leadership is that you you listen to people. <laughs> so there's something to throw out there. Maybe that's a tip of the week. Listen to the people who work for you. They yeah. actually know something. And um, if they don't know anything, why would you hire them in the first place? Right, right. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went through that. So, I, you know, I was, uh, even though maybe my position didn't necessarily call for it, I had I had a lot to, to say in the decision-making process. And I was very familiar with all the systems and things that were probably, again, would normally be above my head. Um, and then I go into a position where truly that stuff is. I don't, I don't have a say at all in the decision-making process of how things are going to go. And... Um, and I don't get to work on that higher level stuff. I don't get to work on servers anymore or have anything to do with administration of, of uh, all the systems. Um, I'm just a you know your your desktop support guy now, and uh, that was a bit of culture shock. It, it was a little frustrating in that you know some things I know could be done better, and I you know it doesn't matter. I could shout it from the highest mountain, and they could care less. Um, and that just goes with you know the environment. I mean. Uh, when you work in a big environment like that and you have all these different levels of leadership and things like that, uh, it just is what it is. Um, so I'm curious how you're going to handle that, Mark, because I can only imagine that you're going to run into that quite a bit. You're like, you know, they're doing something one way and you know it could be done better another, um, you know, and how you're going to adjust to that. Yeah, and we'll just have to see. I, the The way the organizational structure works up, I'm basically going to be four levels down from the top. 
So I'm not going to be, you know, at the bottom of the rung. I will uh, presumably have some say, but I've got to go through the proper channels to make stuff happen. And, you know, it'll be, this will be the first time ever that I've been constrained by a content filter. You know, I, in the past, I've been the guy running the filter. And if I needed to get right. to something, I just unblocked it, you know, if I wanted to get somewhere. Uh, but now, you know, what if I go there and Google Apps is blocked? My entire world runs on Google Apps. But let's say I get there and they don't do that. Uh, then what? Uh, so, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to, to, to find that. There's going to be some... Uh, some humility involved, I have no doubt, uh, and some some uh, finding my place. You know, I'm going to be uh, a small fish in a big pond again. Right. Well, I think it's important to throw out there because, you know, we're talking about this as far as making it sound like a huge step backwards. But really, for you, it's probably a step in the right direction, right? Right. That, that's sort of, you know, and one of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about tonight, uh, in terms of pay, um, I'm actually going to be losing money. Uh, I'm not taking a lower salary, but there's a significant commute from where I live right now. I'm going to be spending between three and four hours a day on the road. Uh, and that's going to result in, uh, uh, you know, uh, some expenses there, uh, you know, dealing with the fuel cost of fuel and, and, you know, the cost of toll roads and things like that. So in terms of a financial decision, it was actually a very small step down. But um, in terms of future potential, it's a huge step up. Because where I was, I was literally the top dog in a very, very small fight. There was nowhere I could ever go. I would never make any more money other than, you know, maybe small $500 step raises here and there. Uh, I would never have any more responsibility. I would never go anywhere else. The, the school I was at wasn't going to grow. You know, in fact, it's been declining over the last several years. Uh, and, right. you know, there are fewer students. There's less need for tech. There's less money. You know, that's across the country right now. Everybody, probably across the world, everybody's dealing with uh, declining budgets. Uh, so my role was actually receding. Um, and one of my primary impetuses, impeti, uh, my, one of my primary reasons <laughs> for wanting to leave uh, was I couldn't stand there and watch what I had spent 15 years building uh, atrophy and fall apart. And that's where this school is headed. Not to any fault of their own. It's not bad leadership. It's just the way things are going. Uh, we're down uh, roughly 15% of, of student enrollment over the same time last year. And, uh, you know, and we're down almost uh, 40% in budget over this time three years ago. So, you know, the, things are going to start declining. And, no matter how dedicated your leadership is, uh, technology is expensive and tends to be low-hanging fruit come budget cut time. So I knew I had to get out of there uh, because I couldn't sit back and watch what I had built be destroyed or, or just crumble. You know, maybe not be destroyed intentionally, but just fall apart uh, due to, uh, you know, withering on the vine. So I, I needed to get out. And also I needed to get into a larger organization where there was some upward mobility. Like I said, where I'm going now, I'm, I'm like four levels from the top. That means I got four levels to go. Or I can work right. there for a few years and, you know, maybe if not move up there, go to another organization and move up there. And, and I think they're, you know, I'm 40 years old. Uh, that's too young to have peaked. And I'm not willing to admit that I had reached my max, you know, at 40 years old. So that's the idea. That's why you step out and you move on to other things because uh, and, and, uh, as much as you might enjoy your job, you have to look at your career. And your career and your job are not the same thing. Right. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, Mark, and you know, it was pretty well, uh, it was pretty early on when I started working there with you. Uh, that one, I, I recognized the skill level that you had, and you know, not to not to say that I'm uh, the perfect person to make such determinations, but it was obvious that your skill level was far above uh, your station there. Um, and of course, with my corporate background, the first thing that kind of you know, kind of the light that came on in my head is, you know, man, you really need to be making some moves. Um, and so I know I, along the way, was kind of, I don't want to say giving you a hard time, but certainly prodding you on. You know, you need to be, you know, getting your resume out there and, you know, looking just, even if it's just putting feelers out there, because you really weren't too much. Yeah. Um, and and, and then, there's a reason uh, for that. I really liked, I liked the job. I liked where I was going. Uh, but, you know, I mentioned this on the show about this time last year. My wife was one of the thousands of educators across Texas that was downsized. And she was right. contributing roughly 40% of the household income. So that lit a fire under me. You know, we we took a big hit personally, financially. Uh, and, you know, fortunately, we've, we have the luxury of having a, a decent savings. And, and we've been living off of that savings. Basically, I say we're living off our kids' college fund. Um <laughs> And, you know, but I had to move up in order to survive. So, you know, I was really complacent in where I was. And I'm not going to say uh, that's a good or a bad thing. It just was. I was I was comfortable there uh, and I wasn't interested in leaving. You know, and if the right opportunity had just fallen in my lap, sure, I would have taken it. But I wasn't out looking for it. Uh, but, you know, right. over the last year, I've been looking. And, you know, and then I found the, the thing that I, the place that I think is a good fit. And I've been on a number of, of interviews and, and done other things, but this was the place that seemed to be a good fit for my skill set. And, you know, and, and as I've told people, they, they said, yeah, I mean, that leadership position, that, uh, managing people and, and having a tech oversight and explaining technical things to non-technical people, that's right up there. That's what you do. And that's your skill set. So, you know, it was a good fit. Uh, so I think, I think a lot of people, um, may consider it in poor taste to like be sending resumes out and applying for job on a regular basis. But, you know, that's, I would say that's just part of the process. That's what you, again, when you're managing your career and not just your job. However, I would say I never do that. All right. I can't say never. I have, I try to never do that on my work computer at work. You know, I separate those right. worlds that way. Right. Yeah. And I agree. And uh, I think it's, it's you know uh, you you said the right thing when you said about not you know being complacent, and I think that a lot of people out there are like that. Um, I had to learn that lesson in the business world, and it was it was hard learned. And you really don't want to be in that situation. I mean, Mark, just like you said, a lot of times that's how people learn this lesson is they learn it the hard way. You know, something goes wrong. So, you know, a company downsizes or whatever, and they find that since they hadn't really been moving forward, now they're wholly unprepared for these types of situations. And, uh, you know, you certainly don't, you don't need to be a, a shark and out there constantly looking for the next best thing. Uh, you know, you don't have to go to that route, although there are those people out there that do that. But you certainly, it's prudent to at least be on top of things, you know, always, uh, you know, review your, your resume probably every three or six months. And, uh, and then again, every so often, uh, maybe, uh, once or twice a year, kind of get out there, look at the job market and see what's going on there. Uh, because there may be some opportunities for you that you just, you're missing just because you're being complacent. Um, 
And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being happy where you're at. Uh, and I think that's, that's the starting place, right? You have, to, you have to really stop, look at where you're at and say, you know, am I, am I happy here? Will I be happy here for the long term? You know, and think long, you know, am I going to be happy here for the next 20 years? Because if, if the answer is no, then you need to put a plan into place. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I, I knew the day I took the job I had back in 1997 that I was not going to retire from this job. And in fact, at the time, my plan was to work there three years, get some experience on my resume and move on. But I enjoyed it and they paid me enough. I wasn't rich, but I have, you know, modest needs and I don't want to be rich, really. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys who's seeking that sort of thing, this sort of lifestyle. Uh, I had more than I need. In fact, you know, pretty much every American, even the poorest Americans have more than they need, but that's a whole right. other topic. Um, so I was comfortable there and, and, and three years turned to five years, turned to 15 years. Uh, but at some point, you know, you have to realize that uh, there are ceilings and um, you have to decide where you're comfortable with that. And at some point, I'm going to get to a point where I'm happy with that ceiling. Uh, but at that job, I wasn't. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's why, again, I think it's important to, you know, you really have to look at the long term and, you, you know, you don't have to constantly, constantly be looking for the next job, but you, you certainly need to know where you want to be in the long term and then have some sort of a plan uh, to get there. Uh, and, you know, I've treated it that way ever since I came into tech. Um, you know, I worked in finance for many years and uh, so, you know, coming into tech from day one, my whole idea was, well, I need, to, you know, I need to move forward. I need to move up. Um, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm kind of at the entry level uh, of all of that. So, uh, my whole focus over these uh, first few years has just been learn as much as I can, you know. And uh, but, you know, it's with a it's with a goal in mind to kind of climb that ladder, you know, and eventually get to a point where, you know, I think there's a sweet spot for everybody. Some people, it's all about the money, you know, and they need that, uh, you know, that high six figure uh, job or more. Um, other ones, it's somewhere in the middle, you know, a, a healthy salary. Uh, maybe you're making 80 grand a year or whatever, and you're kind of in the middle management level, but you're happy to retire from there. If, if that's what you're happy with, then great. But um, if that's what you want and you're not there, then you, you need to have a plan. You need to start, you know, you got to keep that resume brushed up and what steps is it going to take to get me there? Um, Mark, you were faced with an interesting uh, situation in that you, you had to kind of take a step back to move forward. Exactly. So, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that even. Um, and, you know, to call it even a step back is, uh, is a little weird because, it, you know, I don't really see it that way. Um, it's just different. Right. It's the, the, the uh, job title is less impressive, uh, but really that's, you know, that's about it. It's, uh, um, there, there was no way that I'm going to go from being the top guy at uh, the smallest classification of school in the in the state to the top guy at the largest that's that there just is no path to that uh the best right. i could hope for is to move up gradually but you know so what i've done here is i'm not the top guy anymore but i'm in the, the largest classification you can get uh and so then i will move up within that system and so then that may uh, maybe one year there leads to me being the top guy in a 3A school instead of, you know, the 2A school I was in. And so that could be an upward move, even though it's a downward, uh, you know, organization size. So you've got to look at the multiple uh, angles there. Uh, but, you know, it, it's we've talked often about 
you know, doing your job, but we've never really talked about managing your career. And, and honestly, because that's never been anything that has been, uh, on my radar, but now, you know, as I'm, I'm, uh, getting to that point, I'm, you know, presumably I've worked longer than I'm going to work, right? I've, I've been in, in the workforce longer than I intend to be in the workforce anymore. I'm going to retire, uh, you know, in hopefully 20 years or less. So it's time, right. you know, I, I'm, I'm crossing that midpoint of the teeter-totter. And so I've got to make sure that I'm running downhill. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So should we uh, should we throw out the other half of this equation, Mark? Uh, no, not right now. There's <laughs> okay. there there is another wrinkle, but uh, there's not. Well, no, a, I'm not talking about yours. I'm talking about mine. Oh, that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought we were. Uh, do Do you want to go there? Because yeah, that's up to I, you. I, I don't mind. I mean, it's along the same lines, and really, it poses the same problems, or or you know. I guess the same quandary <laughs> this in, is, in a little bit of a different way. This is great so, radio right here for least. We're just teasing them. Are they, what the heck are they talking right. about? What is it? Yeah, come on, just get through it. All right. It, yeah, uh, so, we're gonna, I'm just going to come out right and say it. Sean got a new haircut today. So that's that's it. That's the big deal. Go. Yeah. And it was, it was tough. I had to really grill over that one. <laughs> no, so uh, I've essentially uh, roundabouts, I guess I've been offered your old job, right? Uh, more or less, I mean, uh, in a, you know, I strongly encourage the my leadership to make that offer to you. Right, right, and uh, you know, it makes sense. Uh, and we've touched on this in in a previous show as well. Is it's a homegrown sort of shop, right? So, uh, and, and in talking about that, we we talked about this one pitfall: is that if you know, if the wizard leaves, you're kind of stuck, right? Right. Um, which is kind of the situation they're in. And, you know, I've been there and know that, that system. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know it like you know it, Mark, but I certainly know it better than anybody else. Than somebody walking off the street. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah. So now I'm, I'm faced with a situation and, and we haven't discussed salary yet. And that's really basically what it's going to come down to uh, for me. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that's just based off of my needs and what I have going on in my life. Um. And it's an interesting situation for for me because I have to look at that now, and you know, uh, I'm much less experienced than you are, uh, and so, you know, I look at it. One, if the money's right, that's great. That forwards my career because, uh, and it's one thing to keep in mind. If you don't really know this, um, if you're making, let's say, forty thousand dollars a year, you're never going to get an eighty thousand dollar a year job. It's just not going to happen. Um, uh, you know, never is probably too strong a word, but it's highly unlikely because, uh, despite what your resume may say or anything else, they're going to look at your salary history and they're going to have, whoever's making that decision is going to have a very hard time biting off on that kind of a gap. And it's the, those are the types of things that you don't ever hear unless you've actually been in one of those rooms where you're making those types of decisions. You don't ever hear that kind of stuff. But let me tell you, it does happen and it's actually discussed. Uh, usually there's some sort of a hiring committee or, you know, there's at least two or three people that make those types of decisions. And uh, that's usually it, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, something to keep in mind. So for me, there is that. It's that I'll get a step up in salary, which will better position me for uh, on down the road, right? If I want to make these steps, I want to climb the ladder, so to speak. Um, 
this could possibly be a good decision for me. Uh, another one is it's a huge opportunity to get more experience and basically add to my resume. Uh, so, uh, again, these are the types of positives that I'm looking at uh, as far as making this move. Uh, there are some drawbacks, and it's basically the same drawback that hit Mark. Um, you know, where do I go from there? Right. Now, it'll, it'll be a lot easier for me to make that transition because I don't have, uh, I don't have the background that Mark has. Uh, so, uh, you know, that being a stepping stone for me can be a very good thing. Um, uh, whereas uh, for Mark, what was supposed to be a stepping stone ended up kind of being uh, sort of stuck in limbo there. Right. So uh, I just thought I'd throw my thoughts out there as far as the decision I have to make because uh, it's a big one. And I enjoyed being there. You know, that's, that's the problem. You know, some people will say, well, it's all about, you know, are you happy or, you, you know, do you enjoy where you're at? And that's huge. It really is. I mean, I don't want to discount that. You know, if you're happy where you're at and where you're working, then fine. And that's but, worth a lot of money, you know, to be happy yeah, and enjoy what you do. Yeah, it absolutely is. But uh, particularly if you're married and you have a family, and um, you know, hopefully you've you've discussed with your spouse, you know, just kind of what life, what kind of lifestyle you want to live, and and where you want to end up in this world. Um, then you need to uh, you know take serious stock of those types of things. You know, uh, you may have to give up some happiness just to to get uh, you know get to where you want to be in life. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I can't answer that question for anybody. Um, all I can say is I certainly value the happiness factor much more than I ever used to. Right. And, and so what that means to you, the listener, other than, you know, because you deeply are concerned about the two hosts here and you love us dearly, uh, is, is if these two things transpire, well, I mean, I have taken the job. That has happened. And as I said, it's right. going to be, you know, uh, three to four hours a day on the road. Uh, if Sean takes my old job, I'm going to be going to his backyard and he's going to be going to my backyard. So he'll be, right. he'll be crossing each other along the way, which means he'll be doing the same commute. Uh, and so I don't know how, you know, that's going to have some impact on our ability to record and manage and, and maintain, you know, in my case, six shows a week. I don't know what it will be. And I, and I want you to know, I am committed to, um, to podcasting and the network because this is what I want my, uh, this, what is what I want to be the career from which I retire. I want this to be the last job I have. So it may be, you know, after I retire as, you know, working in schools, uh, that I devote full time to podcasting and then retire from that some year later. But I, I am, uh, passionate about this work that I'm doing. And I've put, uh, many, many, many hours and ridiculous amounts of money into it as an investment. I'm investing in the future because I expect, not I hope, I expect that that will pay off in the future. So I'm not going to give up on you at all, uh, because that would be giving up on me. But it, there is going to have to be some, something that's going to happen. Uh, just right. you know, just know that somewhere along the way, uh, I'm not going to be able to continue the schedule I'm doing now with uh, an extra 20 hours a week on the road uh, added to my commute. Something's going to have to happen. I don't know what that's going to be, uh, but you know, and the same thing with Sean. You know, he's a single dad with two kids, and and he if he starts adding that commute in and and everything, then things are definitely going to affect him. So uh, we just you know, heads up. 
something's going to happen. We don't know what. Right, right. Yeah, and don't take that as we're canceling uh, any specific shows or anything like that. I mean, we'll work it out over time. And, uh, you know, even then, uh, yeah, and Mark, I know we've had to talk about this in the past where it's like, well, maybe we drop back to every other week on some shows or do some, you know, we don't know. We're certainly not going to commit to anything here. But uh, keep in mind, you know, uh, anything like that can be uh, somewhat temporary anyways. I mean, things always change, right? Right. <laughs> That's, that's that's one thing you can count on is things will change. So, um, you know, if there is some sort of uh, disruption in in our overall schedule, uh, just take it as that. You know, it's it is what it is. It's what's going on, and uh, you know, we'll continue to chug forward as as much as we possibly can. And that may mean that we need someone out there, one of our listeners, to step up and be a host and take some of that load off of us. Uh, you right. know, there's there's. An, uh, a large uh, range of options for us out there. Uh, we don't know what is going to be yet, uh, but you know, when if if I come to this microphone uh, and my job will start uh, July second, if I come to this microphone August second, sounding like I'm exhausted, it's only going to be because I am. <laughs> so you know yeah. and we're we've always strived to be transparent uh with our listeners and and let you know what's going on in our lives and and we'll be honest with you about that too but the big things are afoot here at element op productions uh and you know if, it would be awesome if we had you know some company step up and say you know i'm gonna pay you a hundred thousand dollars a year for spots on your network and then all of this becomes a total non-issue. You know how awesome would that be? But you know that's that would that's awesome. unlikely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll just uh, we'll play it by ear. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting. I guess summer. This summer is gonna be interesting overall. I think because let's let's face it, we're going into our busy season wherever wherever either one of us lands exactly we're going into the busy season on top of it yeah summer is when school district tax really are overworked the most yeah and then let's you know let's crank up the thermostat and you know it's 110 every day too <laughs> <laughs> i am looking forward to that though i'm a week away from wearing shorts every day so i'm, I'm a happy camper yeah see that's one of those things that uh uh in my new position, I have already resolved that even though the dress code is probably, uh, it, I, you know, I've, I've experienced it. It's about the same as where I am now, you know, polo shirts and, and slacks. If I'm going to be a leader, I have to hold myself to a higher standard. So I'm going to have to be buying a bunch of ties and wearing them, not because my job requires it, but because I require it. If I'm going to lead people, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to hold myself to a standard that is greater than what I hold them to. So I, I'm going to have to become, you know, it's a Dilbert job. I'm going to be the pointy haired right. boss now. Well, and you know, uh, Mark, it's funny you bring that up because I have always uh, kind of subscribed to that uh, train of thought or that that way of thinking. Uh, and in the corporate world, it's it's this uh, sort of thing that's thrown out there that you should dress for. You should always dress for the next level. There you go. So you know, if you have this ladder of ten levels or however many levels that you want to go, you should always dress for that next level. 
And I absolutely agree with that because when it comes time to, I mean, obviously your your performance matters, uh, and probably you know that matters the most. But when it comes time for people to make a decision about giving you a promotion, it's a lot easier for them to see you in that position if that's how they see you every day. Right. If I'm in a meeting with my superiors, I want to look like I belong there. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it shouldn't be a, well, if you come in and you're doing some sort of internal interview for a position, um, that's the first time that they see you like that. Uh, they should be used to seeing you that way. And it, it really does work. It, it puts that thought in their mind well before they even have to consider it. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's uh, our tips of the week, I there guess. You go. Since hey, we don't have anything else, we'll say dress for the next level. I will say the the second interview I went to, uh, I I got a a voice message uh, from the HR guy, uh, you know, just confirming. And I had already, like I said, it's a long drive. I had already left. I was wearing my pressed shirt and a tie, and and I was ready to go. And the voice message said, "This is a business casual thing. Don't feel like you need to dress up." And so I was <laughs> like, I was like, okay, now if I go up, if I show up there looking like this, do I look like a brown noser now? Uh, or, nah. you know, or what, but so I took the tie off. I left everything else, but I took the tie off. I, I felt, I figured yeah. that would be a middle ground. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because, uh, at, at where I'm working at now, the, uh, we have these security badges and the security badge has sort of a laminate on top of it that has your picture. And, uh, I'm the only guy that I've seen in the district that has that picture is of me in a suit and tie. <laughs> and it was kind of one of those situations, you know, I didn't, I didn't really realize it, but you know, the, the day we took that picture, the hiring decision had already been made, but you were going up to HR to fill out all your paperwork and get your picture taken and everything else. And in my mind, I was like, you know, that's still, you go there as professional as possible. And you know, um, that's just what you do. And so I show up there in a suit and tie and, you know, fill out all my paperwork and get my picture taken. And now everybody laughs at me because I have a suit and tie on my, uh, on my badge. That's funny. Yeah. But you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather it be that way than the other way. Yeah. You show up in sure. your ACDC shirt and your, I just woke right. up hair. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this is a great show. This is just me and Mark riffing like we so often do when we're not on the air yes this is the genesis of this show this is what it started with the conversations that we had about stuff so right uh, this is sort of back to basics before we got all corporate and professional right right yeah so hope you liked it uh we weren't sure uh and then we were talking about how short a show this was going to be and mark i knew we we can riff forever <laughs> that's true if we had to do a two-hour show and not have anything to talk about we could do it yeah, somebody comes to us and say, I've got a two-hour spot to fill. Go. We could do right. it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll throw out there, uh, or should I jump in there and do it this week? Uh, go ahead. The many ways that you can contact us. Uh, of course, the best place to start is at the website, elementopi.com. Dot I love throwing that in there. Uh, you can go over to our website and find uh, one many ways to interact with us. Of course, the forums are there, and you can find the uh, the full lineup of all of our shows. Uh, so certainly head over there. The uh, I've really been loving the forum traffic. Uh, it seems to be uh, growing, uh, you know, slowly over time, but it's growing. So uh, you can certainly do that. Uh, there's 
you know, that's how you can get out there and, uh, you know, throw us some show ideas if there's something that you want us to cover or uh, just meet other like-minded people like yourself. Uh, so check it out there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at elementop slash tightwadtech for this show. Um, Facebook.com slash elementop. You can call us. We haven't thrown this one out there in a while, but you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 559-IAMOP. And uh, keep in mind, we play most voicemails on the air. So we haven't had any yet that they've called us, Mark, and just said, you guys suck. Right. <laughs> And, of course, if they did, uh, you would never know about it. No, I'd probably go ahead and play that, too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can also, uh, on the website, there's a, a way that you can contact us and generates an email to both Mark and myself. But you can, uh, you can feel free to email us as well, Sean at uh, elementopi.com or Mark at elementopi.com. Uh, so, you know, I've been loving that, Mark. We've been getting a lot of listener feedback kind of through email. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Thanks, guys. for uh, Keep it up. Yeah, I really appreciate that because I'm so mobile now throughout the day that uh, being able to just get those emails in on my phone uh, throughout the day has actually been a little bit easier for me to keep up with. And just one quick thing before we go. I told a story last week about my three-year-old, so I'll tell a story this week about my three-year-old. She was sitting in the living room the other day. Out of nowhere, we were all like watching a movie together. For no reason, she said, elementopi.com. Yeah. Wow, really? She did. She'd heard me say it so many times that uh, <laughs> it was just it was in her head. She said it like three or four times in a row, and we were all laughing at her every time. I need to record that and have that be like the tagline, my, my three-year-old right. daughter saying that. Yeah, it's always better when a little kid says it. <laughs> okay, well, uh, great show. Lots, Thank lots you, of fun, as usual. Yeah. And uh, having received the great show stamp, there's nothing more to do but to say, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.